0: verse 11. For you will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I can't wait when we're all back together worshiping again. I really miss everyone. Enjoy your day. Bye. Say hello everybody. Hello everybody.
1: We are missing you all at church and at Sunday school. Yeah you are
0: excited to, to get back! We fell as your friends!
1: Ow! We
0: can't wait to go back to church and flip are the ice and poop. bye-bye everybody! Bye-bye!
1: Morning SBC, I'm Craig.
0: And I'm Bonnie. I'm German. This is Chelsea. And we just wanted to say we really miss coming to church and being with you and especially the kitties as well. And we can't wait to see you guys soon. Bye! Bye. Hey Church and welcome to the service. Really glad you've joined us again today. I'm gonna to hand over to Matt quickly. He wants to bring us an update on behalf of the elders regarding our finances.
1: Hi everyone. So another month has passed and it's time to give a brief finance update for the month of August. Uh, You'll remember in July, the giving did come under what we required for our basic operational costs and for salaries. But in August, The giving matched what we required and so we want to say a big thank you to you Church for your faithfulness, for partnering in the Gospel in this way, and we want to continue to spur all of us on to uh, demonstrate uh, the New Testament principles of worshipping God with our money, which is giving that is joyful, generous and sacrificial. And so thank you so much, we'll keep you up to date in the days ahead, but um, chat soon.
0: Thanks for that Matt. Now, regarding Sunday gatherings, I was able to announce to you last week we are planning to start meeting on Sunday the 4th of October. Now that deadline has not changed. We are still planning to start meeting on Sunday the 4th of October, but our amount of people that we can host has increased. Our president announced earlier this week that we are now able to function at 50% capacity. And so we're really excited to say that if you guys sign up for church, we should be able to get everyone into church at least every other week. We're going to be having church at 8, 10, 30 and 6 children's ministry will be provided for children age 3 to grade 4 at both of our morning services. And so if you head to the link on screen, you can sign yourself or your family up to join us for church. And we will make sure that we get you into that building where we can worship as a community together again soon. We're still waiting for some final guidelines to be gazetted um, around the regulations for functioning as a worship gathering at 50% capacity. And so until we know more, we can't give you any more information. But for now, please go sign up for church so that we can have you in the building. Um, we will then confirm with you which service you are invited to attend, um, depending on the number of sign ups that we have. I must let you know that we are still going to be running our online service. There are some people who, for various reasons, are not ready to gather in person yet, and so we will still be making our services available online for them to enjoy and be a part of the SBC family in this time. That's it from me. I'm going to hand over to Matt, who's going to bring us God's Word this morning, the first installment from our new series, Getting Ready to Gather. And then we'll spend some time worshipping to the Lord and the song when the sermon ends. And you can also worship the Lord this morning through giving um, or through commenting on our comment feed and sharing an answered prayer, a testimony, or scripture to encourage us. Have a great service.
1: Everyone, welcome to another Sunday online service. You're joining us as we're kicking off our new series called Getting Ready Together. And this is in light of uh, the 4th of October, where we're going to be opening up our worship services again after almost seven months, can you believe it? And at the time of this recording, we're still in level two, which means that we can only have 50 people on a Sunday. Uh, we're really hoping that it's going to go down to level one before October. But uh, because of the level two restrictions, you do have to pre-register. So I just want to re-emphasize that today so that we can allocate you to a service in October. But regardless of the lockdown status, it's a massive moment for us as a church. Uh, It's been a long time since we have gathered together. And what we want to do in this series of these next number of weeks is we want to push the reset button uh, in our hearts and in our minds around why it is so important that we prioritize regularly gathering together. And so to kick us off this morning, we have Gareth and Jess Durham, who are going to be reading Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 for us. And so over to Gareth and Jess. Hi, SBC. Yes, um, we're missing you all and can't wait to see you again in the next few weeks. Um, today, Jess is going to be reading from Acts 2, verse 42 to
0: 47. The fellowship of the believers, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved.
1: Thanks, Gareth and Jess. So it's been almost seven months of lockdown, and that's an awful long time not so. And we've developed new rhythms and new habits over this uh, season, And particularly around church, some of you have expressed how you so enjoyed getting up late on a Sunday with your cup of coffee and breakfast, getting to watch the nine o'clock online service. Some of you have watched it later on in the day or in your car. Uh, Really, we have a church served to us in our very homes and and personal space. not so. And let's just be honest here, we're going to be kidding ourselves if we don't think it's going to be an adjustment getting back to normal services on time, getting up in the morning, making sure week by week we prioritize this thing that's so important to our faith. And I, I want us to take this time, particularly as we are working towards gathering together as a church. You know, it's such an important time as a whole to be reevaluating our lives, not so. I mean, that has been one thing lockdown has enabled. It's been a very difficult time, but lockdown has enabled us to review our lives and say, you know, are we making the main things the main things? Uh, are we giving our time and our energy to what's really important? And I want to say that, you know, lockdown will be a waste if you don't take some time out to go, what have I learned? How am I going to do my life better? And, and what does that mean? In other words, how am I going to give my life to the things that really matter? And uh, if we look at what really matters to this church in Jerusalem, which is a wonderful, um, pure picture of a church and, and, and what her characteristics are, uh, birthed by the power of the Spirit, if you had to ask these guys, you know, what do you give your life to? They would say, well, it's simple. We give our lives to four main things. It comes to this word devoted. Um, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. Their lives were pretty simple. In other words, church was a clarifying space for them because it helped them understand, well, I, I have to prioritize these things in this life that are going to give great consequences to the next and that's what I'm hopeful for us today and over these weeks ahead is for us to be able to go, wow, what does it mean to live my life well and be devoted to the things that really matter? And and particularly this, this aspect of gathering. And I want to remind you of what that word devoted means in the Greek. And I'm going to pronounce it really badly this morning. But it's proskaterontes. And this Greek word is a powerful word. It means they... Intently engaged in these things or attended constantly to this apostles teaching, the fellowship, attended constantly to the breaking of bread and the prayers. It, it means to be constantly diligent in. Um, it means to persevere with particularly in the giving of time. So when they were doing their calendars, they were getting these things are on their first. And the power of it is the nature of the Greek word means it's a, for those who are interested, present, active, participle, plural, which means Everybody in this church was doing this constantly. It wasn't just a few. It wasn't just a spiritual few. You know, like we tend to sometimes categorize Christianity into those that are spiritual and those are not quite so spiritual. That wasn't the case here. Everybody was doing this constantly. Now, I want to ask the question, why was this so today? Today's sermon is quite simple, but I'm hoping it has a profound impact in setting that reset button in your mind and your heart around your salvation but but what happened to these people that they had such a need together and i want to remind you this was a positive atmosphere no one was coming with a whip saying you better gather you better gather if you don't i'm going to beat your um some area of your body (laughs) this was they couldn't they could not you couldn't keep them away they were so excited together they were so um eager Uh, What happened to these people? You know, they had a very different life in the first part of this chapter, but in in the end of the chapter, their lives have radically changed. What's happened to them? How did the Jerusalem church start? Um, And what were their reasons for gathering in such devotion? And then why should we? What can we learn from them today? And friends, I'm hoping today we are starting to think spiritually about the significance of getting together and getting ready together. All right, well, I'm going to start right at the beginning. Well, let's examine these things today. How did this church start? Well, in Acts chapter 2, particularly in verse 37, we know it started because they heard a message. Now, This is so important. What was the message that they heard? Well, it was about one person. This message only had one theme. It was about the unique person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God come in the flesh. God's anointed and appointed Messiah, who came to rescue the world from their sin. These guys got to hear about this person called Jesus. And I want to read to you some of the excerpts of Peter's preaching in Acts chapter 2. And Remember, this man is filled with the Spirit. He's preaching powerfully. And what the Spirit is prioritizing and producing out his mouth is this person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Men and women of Israel, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from him the Father from the Father. The promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this day that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Wow. Now notice what the church was not doing here. They were not having great lights, light shows. They didn't hire out the greatest venue with the coolest music and the sexiest preacher with skinny jeans and cropped hair. Sorry, a bit of a disappointment in that area today. They didn't have the greatest orator or talk about the hottest hottest topics of the day. They didn't even offer a great social club. That's not what drew these people and made them part of the church. No, no. What made them part of the church was the life-changing moment they heard about the good news of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Spirit they met this person for real. Jesus became alive to them in their hearts and they were never the same again. Friends, this is so important. The church is not about music, lights, shows, image. That's not what started, formed and fashioned this church. These people encountered the Lord Jesus Christ and they were never the same again. And you know, we must think carefully about this today because I think we're a bit confused about what the church is. You, you see, in the Roman day, it was no different in the, in the time of the Roman Empire to today. The Romans were supreme in putting on the greatest shows in their amphitheaters. They were masters of pyrotechnics, masters of theater. They had some of the greatest artists the world has ever seen. They had amazing social areas like the baths and beautiful venues of marble. The church couldn't even compete with that. The church wasn't interested in that. What the church was interested in proclaiming was the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and pressing this gospel upon the hearts of those in the city. And when the people encountered Christ through the Spirit, they were never the same again. They didn't keep these people through music and lights and big fashion shows. No, 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 they didn't come for that. They'd come because they'd met the living Lord Jesus Christ and they wanted more of him. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, Now, when they heard this, when they heard this message of the gospel, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? That was the starting point for this church. Where these people encountered the Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel. Now, the second thing was, This moment of encounter that they had, it's nothing small. Oh, I, I, may the Lord give me grace this morning to unpack this. Friends, to become a Christian, what was happening in the hearts of these people is the greatest thing that can happen to a human being. You see, before this moment, they were like ordinary people, like you and me, getting up, getting on with the day. They had a checklist to do. They had this festival to celebrate, Pentecost. Um, they, They had normal lives. But when they heard about this Jesus Christ, God began to work in their hearts and began to do a miracle. And the miracle was this. They were being cut to the heart. Where before God was dead to them, where before they had no spiritual capacity to hear his voice, to live for him, to have an understanding about who he was, who they really were, what their true state was, what they needed to do to remedy that. They had nothing, no capacity in their lives to be able to relate to God, the God of the Bible. But in this moment, God was reaching from heaven through the power of the Spirit and was working a miracle in their hearts. And the miracle was this, he was making them come alive through the power of the Spirit. What they call that same resurrection life that, uh, that, Jesus from the, that raised Jesus from the dead was beginning to work in their hearts. And this is the greatest miracle that can happen to a human being. You see, the human being by nature is dead towards God in our trespass because of our trespasses and sin. Ephesians chapter 2, you'll know verse 1, I've quoted often, but it is a pivotal verse. It's saying, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. These people, before they heard this message, were utterly separated and dead towards God. And the miracle was this, that God himself initiated and began to the work of the Spirit, awaking them from their dead life, from their death. And that's why you get this response in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, where they go, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And what was the response? They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Before, it didn't concern them one little bit about where they were with God and why they needed to be rescued from sin. It didn't matter them one hour two, But when God began to grip their hearts through the miracle of the Spirit coming and making them alive to the reality of who God is, bringing spiritual life to their souls, what was happening that moment was, it was altogether, it was almost cataclysmic in, in its, its ability to awaken them to the reality of what the world was really like and what they're really like. That's why there's that response. What shall we do? Before they were dead, through the power of the gospel, and I want to remind you what Romans tells us. It says, not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, of God for salvation to everyone who believes. In other words, with the gospel comes the working of the Spirit. And as we share Christ, so the Spirit works in hearts, and it is the miracle of the Spirit awakening the human being, the soul that is dead to God, making that soul come alive that enables the life-changing moment to happen. Where through the power of the Spirit the human being can see. Oh my goodness, that's the God of the Bible. He's holy. He's not like me. He's not like I thought he was. In other words, that's the second that the very next thing that, that Peter says is, huh? Oh, when they say, What shall we do? He says, Well, repent. Change your mind now that you can see that, man, this God of the Bible, he's serious, he's holy, he's righteous, and he's going to judge sin. And by his sheer love and grace, offering you a way out from that condemnation of sin, he's offering you, Son Jesus, because of the power of the Spirit awakening you to God, suddenly you have the capacity to see your options. And that's when faith comes, my friend, Is it is the logical choice because you can see clearly by the help of the Spirit, you're now alive. You choose Jesus. It is a fait accompli. you got to choose him. But there's really no choice ultimately in going, well, he is my only option. I'm running to him. And friends, that is what it means to become a Christian. Is to be born again. And if you had to ask me this morning, according to scripture, what comes first? The new birth? Or faith in Jesus Christ and then the new birth. Well, it's the new birth that comes first. These guys were awakened. They have spiritual capacity to see for the first time. And that is why faith is a gift. Because God has done this work in their hearts. And by faith, they're they're able to exercise faith because because they can see. Faith is a gift. It's given to them with this newness of life. And they exercise it. They receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. They receive by faith, God's appointed salvation. That's what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But this is it. by but God, who? Was it yourself? Or was it God? It was God being rich in mercy because of the great love which He loved us with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. Who made us alive? He made us alive together with Christ. Wow. Friends, to be a Christian is not simply to attend a church, to be christened or confirmed. It's not to master some facts or maybe even agreeing with fellow church believers or agreeing with the church. That's not what a Christian is. It's not someone who put up their hand in a service 20 years ago, but hasn't darkened the door of a church or a page of the Bible since. It's not a four-year-old saying the sinner's prayer and then nothing happens for the rest of their life. That's not what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian means to be born again, is that the life of God has summoned your dead soul into the presence of who he is, and you have spiritual capacity through the power of God to now have faith and live a life That is totally different. God forbid we would reduce this to a few little religious duties and gatherings that we've got to do. I want to say to you today, to be a Christian is the greatest thing that can happen to a human being. Because it is the life of God coming into the soul of man. And he or she is never the same again. Truly, truly, Jesus says, John chapter 3 verse 3. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He goes on to John and says, again, in, one, in John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, But to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, what? Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And friends, I want to say to you today, to be a Christian is the most radical thing that can happen to anybody. Because my third point is this, through this work of regenerating work of the spirits, is that the Christian has an entirely new disposition. What happened to these people? It was not that they joined a sect and with a set of rules and said, you better be good and you better follow all these rules. That wasn't what was drawing them. That wasn't what was happening to them. It was this radical change in their hearts. They had become new people. They had been born again. And and what this had done is it had radically changed their lives. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 38, it says, Now when they heard this, this gospel, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. You have to change your mind about everything because everything inside of you is just changed. Repent and then express that change through baptism, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And through these baptismal waters, you get a tangible feel of what has happened in your spirit. It says, and receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Friends, this work of the Spirit in these people had made them new. It wasn't new behavior wasn't a new outward appearance, it was a new heart, it was a new soul, it was a new person, a new creature in the sun, inside of their bodies. It was altogether radical. An entirely new disposition. Now if we don't see this, we don't understand what church is and ultimately they need together. You see, these people had become a new creation. If any man is in Christ, He's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That is a profound scripture for the Christian. The old has gone. The new has come. What that means is these people, through this regenerating work of the Spirit and faith in Jesus Christ, had received a new position. They were now citizens, not of this world. They were citizens of heaven they had been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. That means they had a new king. They were under an entirely new authority. They had the Holy Spirit in their lives. Starting to lead them into ways that they never even thought were important before. Starting to help them get out of sin. And starting to push them in a direction that made them look more and more like Jesus. Man, this new position made them part of a people. They were now part of the people of God. I mean, this, this new position, it's radical. Really, have you ever thought... Of what changed? It's how suddenly they wanted to spend so much time together. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, Jess read for us this morning, how daily in the temple and each other's homes, they loved to meet. They couldn't get enough of each other. Before this, they weren't even interested. It's because this new birth introduced these people into an entirely new relationship. Suddenly, the people of God, there was just a connection. And, and I want to say as a Christian, you know this. If you have this life of God in your soul and you meet another Christian who's alive to God, there's just an instant connection. There's just a one, there's a familiarity. There's a closeness. This new position that they had gave them a new identity. Man, they're now in Christ. And what this means was their relationship with this world had radically changed. Radically changed. No longer did they see this world as being all that there was, or is. They see this world as only being a passing through. Eternity is waiting. That's the price. That's the goal. And so they became like aliens in this world. And this produced an entirely new outlook. Everything was not about this life. It was about how am I living for the next. And I want to say to you, this even introduce new relationships with their unsaved family and friends. You know, when you understand the gospel, and you understand really what has happened to you, you can't see your friends and family the same way ever again. Because you realise there's a division in this world. There are two kinds of people. Forget about race. Forget about sex. Forget about uh, gender. Forget about nationality. Like doesn't matter. In the Bible, they are the people of God, and then those that are not the people of God. And so when you get saved, suddenly your family looks different. Suddenly they don't know Jesus. They're going to go to hell if they don't accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. if God doesn't do a work in their lives, if I didn't be faithful to the gospel in my life and in my, my my witness. Man, these guys, how are they going to know about Jesus? They need Jesus. You get shaken even in your earthly relationship, your friends, your colleagues. Suddenly you can't look at the world the same again. This is massive. It's huge. And it leads to new desires. And that you want to please God. You want to know. And before you couldn't care less. You were wanting God to please you. Friend, this is, this is, this is the whole essence of what is taking place in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47 is that there are new people. And my, my, my next point is this. Because of this new birth, because of this new life in them, they have a new need. You see, you must picture anybody here maybe who had kids or you, an aunt or an uncle, or maybe you witnessed, you know, a new life is born as a baby. These guys, they were spiritual babies. And what what this new life created inside of them was that they had an appetite. They were hungry. You know, you look at, I remember when Sarah and Elijah were born, Marina had to feed them every three hours or so. I mean, they were so hungry. Is the thing that they heard when they came out of the womb was they wanted food. They wanted milk. And, and this is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that bind you may grow up into salvation. In other words, these guys were gathering because they had an appetite. Because they were alive, they they were spiritually reborn, they were babies that needed to be fed. This awakening in their souls made their souls hungry. And the primary reason why they were gathering here was because they wanted the apostles' teaching. That comes first. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They needed the food that came from their preaching. That was the primary reason why they gathered was that this life inside of them needed to be fed. That needed the word of God. It wasn't socializing. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't being uh, 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 intellectually stimulated. That didn't matter to them. They had a spiritual appetite for spiritual food, and that made them hungry and desperate for the word of God, the, pre- the preached word of God. And I want to say to you today, friends, this is the first thing that we need to look at is why we need to gather, we're getting ready to gather. It's because as Christians, we have a spiritual need because of this awakening in our hearts that unless we feed regularly, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. (laughs) And you see, what had happened to these guys was, I mean, they weren't being whipped to get to church. They weren't getting whipped to be together. It was positive because they were so hungry. This new life or what God had done made them so hungry for food. You couldn't keep them away. And it was because they realized just how ignorant they were. And I want to pray a little bit today. Do you? For the person who's awakened. They realized, man, what I thought in terms of how the world worked and who God was and how I am. I realize it's wrong. I have to relearn everything. And what was happening here is we can see that they realized they needed this apostle's teaching. It is the full, whole council of God. Because everything they'd known about God was wrong prior to that. And the magnitude of what they needed was they needed to engage with, okay, clearly, but brothers, what must we do? We, The way we live, what we knew was wrong. Come and, come and help us out here. We, we've got to figure out what's truth. How do we live? How do we know this God? What do we do? And friends, this preaching of the apostles wasn't a pep talk, please. It wasn't making me feel good for just the day or, you know, everything was about me and getting on in this life. It had nothing to do with me, actually. It was about how I could see my life through the eyes of God. And so they would preach. They realized they need to know this God of the Bible. They needed to know about how he created angels. And there was an archangel Lucifer and how he got prideful and, and he... He, he, there was a pre-cosmic fall and how God created the world and there was there was free will and how man stumbled and fell and, and there's this terrible fall and how God's plan of salvation through his promises and prophets about this coming salvation of Christ and the Savior Jesus and when he came, how he fulfilled it all and when he died and rose again in ascended, how he continued to move God's people forward in the new covenant, justification by faith, sanctification by the Spirit, glorification to eternal life, the second coming of Christ and the end of all things and how there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. These are the things, these are the spiritual realities that these people began to live under and live and see the world through and they needed it all. They realized they could not spiritually survive if they did not get this food regularly. They would be done for. That's what Jesus says. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. These guys realized they were spiritually done for if they did not regularly have the word of God applied to them through preaching. That was their primary reason for gathering. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching first. It fed them, nourished them, sustained them. And so I want to close today with the question... Do you know this need? Do you know this need? I'll be as blunt as this. We're not gathering to sing songs. We're not gathering to fill the time and have our coffee up. None of that stuff's wrong. But that's not what drives us as a church. It's for the believer who's born again Believer who is born again. We're desperate to hear from God. We're desperate to be fed from his words. And we realize we can't live without it. And friends, the logical conclusion to all of this is, if anyone has this new life, anyone born again, they show the signs of that life. And what is the sign of this new life? Primarily, it is a hunger for the word of God. The apostles' teaching. And do you want to know if you're a Christian today? Do you want to know if you're born again? One of the signs is you have an appetite for God's word in your life. You're hungry for him. You're hungry to hear from him. You're hungry for the word of God. That's a primary cardinal sign of being born again. Because if you're alive, that means you have life. That means you have a, an appetite. You need to be fed. You need to sustain that life, in other words. And I want to say to you today, I'm being very bold this morning. But it's because I love you. If you can cope with one sermon a month because you're always away for the weekend, you have no real interest in reading your Bible, you have no eagerness for the preached word of God on a Sunday, you kind of can't wait for the sermon to be finished. You really go, I mean, can't we just carry on singing? Or uh, there's not really any real interest to hear from the Holy Spirit. My friends, I have to ask you the question Are you born again? Because the logical conclusion of these people was, because they have this life, it needs to be fed. And church is not a place where you feel guilty and you feel guilt-tripped to come. No, no, it's off the back of a hanger. You say, God, I want to be there because I hear your voice. You've anointed this man, which Joey's is going to preach about next week, all women in the pulpit to preach and the holy spirit has tailored this message for this church and i want to say anybody watching today or listening and you're listening outside of our spc context maybe outside of the city and this the spc online services are never meant to supplement or substitute sorry your local church fellowship you must get into a local church and regularly fellowship week by week it is an abnormal thing for you not to attend every sunday there's life that happens guaranteed, I understand that, but I want to say to you today, this online service is not to supplement your regular gathering, because your local church has been handpicked by God for you. You must feel like this is my home, this is where God has put me in. If that's the case, the Spirit has anointed that preacher to be handpicked with the message just for you. I don't care how good the preacher is, how old or how eloquent or how... Badly he or she even does. It's not the fact. If you come with a hungry heart, I guarantee you the Spirit will speak to you. And that's the point primarily of us getting together is the Spirit wants to speak to his church. And we are hungry. We want to hear it because we are alive to God. We have an appetite. And I want to argue, a true believer cannot live off scraps. Their soul won't cope with it. It needs nourishment. If you can't see this appetite in your life, my friend, I want to say today, you must examine yourself carefully. Are you born again? Are you a Christian? Because a Christian is characterized by hunger. Hunger for nourishment from God's word. To hear God. Now, I say this as it's so important. We don't want to play church. Church, in essence, are the gathering of those that are regenerate. our life and help others find Jesus too. And that's what we're doing this morning. We want to get you ready to gather, but we want to make sure that this has happened in your life. Are you born again? Can you recognize this appetite in your life? If not, you need to pause, my friends, and you need to start where they started. You need to respond to the message, and I'm gonna help you do that at the end of this sermon. But I also want to take into account that there is such a thing as a backslidden believer. You're looking at one, there's been seasons in my life where I have been very silly and careless with my soul. But I want to say to you today, does that mean I lost my salvation in my rebellious years, in my defiance of God, in my carelessness? No, because throughout that time, I knew in my heart, the spirit was calling me to fellowship And to the word of God. And so today you might be in a bad place spiritually, but you might say, might be asking the question, well, I don't know if I'm born again. Well, I want to say to you today, if you have the grace in your heart and you might be in bad shape spiritually, I'm not saying you've really been careless and neglectful, but you can say, I have the tug. I have the pull. I know that I need this. I'm not attending to it though. You're backslidden, but you're a believer. And the challenge in the nudge today is, are you getting ready to gather? In other words, are you saying, I need to respond to this hunger in me for God's word, for God's voice in my life through his preached word. I need this more than life itself. And I want to say to you today, whoever is listening, you need God's nourishment from his word more than life itself. Spiritually, you cannot cope in this world without coming under the regular nourishment of God's word. And it is the preach, proclaim God's word. We're also going to look at what does it mean to to daily be in God's word. But I'm talking about gathering to hear God. If we're going to make it through this life, we need to eat regularly. And so today, I want to say, friends... Will you examine your heart as I'm examining mine? Where are you with the Lord? Are you going to take the need to feed yourself spiritually through the preaching of God's word seriously as if your life depended on it? As we get ready together, will you examine yourself? Where are you today? Where is your hunger? Is there any hunger? If there isn't, then I'm going to help you now. If there is, are you attending to it? Are you feeling it? And is there an excitement in your soul to hear from God? Because friends, that's what's going to happen when we gather on the 4th of October. That's what's happening right now. It says SBC, we're getting to hear God. And I want us to be primed to be people that are eager and hungry. We're not coming to church going, oh my word, I've got to get this done. No, no, we are come with saying, who knows what God's going to say to me today? He's going to say something. He wants to speak. He's ordained that when the, the saints gather, there he is. Who knows his, what he's going to say? It might be the life changing word that I need to hear. It might be the word that I need to just, it might just need to be close to him, to be reminded of his love. Who knows? God knows what I need. I'm bringing my need to him and he's going to speak to me. Oh man, and I can't wait. And I'm going to pray for the preacher. I'm going to pray for the service. I'm going to come expectant because man, I'm hungry. Oh, that's, that's getting to the first step. Getting ready to gather is our hunger to hear from God. And so let's pray. Lord, this morning we come to you again and say, God, we want to come with right hearts. Push the reset button in us, Lord. We want to be hungry and thirsty for the living word, the living God. Lord Jesus, you said, unless we eat of you, drink of you, we have no life from you. And you're the word, you're the word of life. Lord, you, Lord, you are the one that, is, that sustains us and it comes through, Lord, your spirit, hearing your preached word. And I pray today, Lord, would you awaken us? Those who become maybe a little bit drowsy, like those the, the book of Hebrews are written to you, those who become dull of hearing, I pray today, might that expectancy and excitement and hunger be awakened to freshen us through the spirit, strengthened and solidified. And might we become so hungry for the word of God. Even today, Lord, might we not neglect our Bibles, neglect our time with you because we just know this is what we live off. And Lord, I pray there'll be an anticipation every Sunday in our hearts to go, man, I can't wait to hear God's word. But I pray for the one who doesn't have an appetite this morning, who's struggling to even sense any life. Lord, I pray today for those that have got no life in them, I pray today, Lord, that's you, But that you can see your need for Jesus. You say, I've got to start there today. I need to come and lay hold of Christ. Would you say this to him? You say, Jesus, I come to you. I need you. I'm lost without you. Would you rescue me from my sin? I believe what you did on the cross is for me. Wash me from my sin. Make me a new person today. Put in the spiritual life that gives me an appetite for you. I want to live for you. Show me how, in Jesus' name, amen.